The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Hey, you hear that music, you know the show. It's the Rail of Sports, the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And there are a lot of things out there, of course, that uh, uh, that matter to a lot of people. And I'll tell you what, life and death is something that certainly means a lot to a lot of us. And it seems if we've lost uh, another one of the fraternity brothers in the National Football League. And so, as always, what I want to do, I want to start off with uh, uh, a moment of silence. So I'm going to take a couple seconds here to do that. Okay, God bless my brother, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that as we get into the show, but um, I'm glad to be in the studios today. I've been out the studios for a little while. I was doing some traveling back on the East Coast, the city of brotherly love, of course, where uh, I got a chance to be welcomed to the National Football League by the Philadelphia Eagles, and I'm thankful for that opportunity, and I uh, was there traveling, got a, a chance to see the original, that's what I said, the original, Tim Tebow is not the original. Tim faking it. Herb Lusk, L-U-S-K. Herb Lusk, the praying running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. Homeboy of the Herman Edwards. They played ball together, grew up in Monterey, California. But back in the day, I believe it was maybe 1976, 1977, maybe 75. Herb Lust ran a long touchdown against the New York Giants, got in the end zone and dropped on his knees and gave praise to his Lord and Savior long before Tim Tebow probably wasn't even born at that time. So, so Tim, come on, man, do the right thing. Let him know that, hey, I didn't start this thing. I'm just continuing to carry the torch. But Tim ain't going to do that no time soon, but we're going to get those two together. So I was on the East Coast having a good time with some friends, but I'm in the studio now with some with some good friends. I got a good friend on the line. I got one in the studio with me. I want to welcome Alvin McKinley with me. Alvin, welcome, man. Thanks, man. Thanks it's been a while. Me. Kwame been trying to get us together, and I appreciate that. And uh, and then, of course, I, I got, uh, you know, talking about scoring, somebody who knows how to score. You know, get, get just give him the ball, and it, it'll make it happen. Tony Collins. Tony, how you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic, Ray. How about yourself? I'm I'm doing well, man. I appreciate the fact that you were able to join us, and and I I, I just want to go ahead and tell the world we've been blessed. We're about to have <laughs> these two gentlemen uh, not only be guests and and, and uh, you know have a good time with me today, but these young men will be joining Voice America Sports real soon with their own shows and bring it from their perspective and and talk about a lot in the world of sports, particularly the teams that they played for. 
but just to give everybody, you know, a different perspective, different than the big boy show. Because, Tony, you know the big boy show. I think that's the corporate line they got to go with. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, you're right, Ray. You're absolutely right. It's, 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 a, it's a blessing to be able to be on this show with you. And it's also a blessing to uh, look back and see the different things that we've gone through and what they're going through right now. Well, you know, and it, it's uh, it's something that, in fact, Alvin and I were in the studios and we were talking about that prior to you joining us, Tony. And Alvin, of course, is a little younger than you and I. You and I laughed about that a little bit. You know, young man's thirty four years old, but we are no longer yeah, going to. He, he's just a, he's just a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> lot bigger though, lot bigger. You know, the kind of cat you used to run from. You know, uh, Tony wasn't letting y'all hit him, man. He was getting away. But I will say this: uh, is is is. It's special to sit down with a young man who understands that, listen, distance and time is something that cannot prevent us from being close to one another and to share our experiences and to help one another through this process because this is a very challenging process transitioning from a world of fantasy to to the real world and to live out some dreams that you have. Sometimes we get so caught up, Alvin, in, in the dreams and the things we aspire for as a football player that we forget that we also had, you know, some other career paths of which we had an interest in and perhaps maybe pursuing some of those things. And you were just talking about, you know, your experience as, as a college student coming in and just that experience itself as to the career path you were perhaps maybe interested in taking or somebody was interested in taking but led in a different direction. People aren't aware of that. When a college student normally leaves home, the parents give them direction of which direction to go. They stay there. If they make a different decision, they call the parents and talk about it. But the influence where somebody, you say one thing to somebody, and they say, oh, no, something else. Oh, yeah. You know, without naming any names, you, you have a story about that. Yeah, man, it was, I mean, like like Ray was just mentioning, you know, we were in college, and when we first got there, they was asking everybody, did they really know what they wanted to be? You know, did they know their major? And a couple of guys raised their hands, and some didn't, you know. But for the ones that didn't raise their hand, the guy, uh, the athletic advisor came around and was like, you know, um, you know, had you guys thought about it? You know, one guy was like, you know, I really want to be a veterinarian. And the athletic guy looked at him and was like, no, nah, we have a major that's for you. You know, that major will take up too much of your time. And education psychology is probably the best way for you to go. And right now, this guy can't find a job based on what he, the choices that he made back in the day. So I don't feel that that's right. And me and him always have a conversation about it. And, you know, it's still going on today. It's not going to stop. You know, it's still happening. Kids that's, you know, going off to school and pretty much letting these advisors and all these other people decide their path. And, and I don't think that's right. Yeah, that, that that's interesting. I, I know that, you know, when I entered school at, at the Ohio State University and, and, and I was a little unsure, too, but I was led in a career path of which was one that I had an interest in. Mm -hmm. You know, I studied communications at, at Ohio State University. Happy to still be in that field. It was something I was passionate about. But, Tony Perez, maybe you could speak about your experience and, and some the experiences of some of the other guys because it's a real issue for us now because there are a lot of players, for whatever reason, you know, brain trauma, whatever. It's just this whole transition. Guys are finding it hard to make the adjustment. And I really think it has a lot to do with the passion and having the ability to do what you want to do, what you love doing in life, and to be able to do that and, and take care of your family. Do you, your, with your own experience, Tony, or some of the other guys with which you played with over the years that perhaps maybe struggle with that transition, do you think it goes back to perhaps maybe 
you know, their days on those college campuses and maybe being forced in a direction that really wasn't the best direction for them long term. Absolutely uh, right, Ray. I had no idea what I wanted to do when I went my first year in college. I had no idea what I wanted to do my senior year in college. Um, my thing was to make it to the NFL. When I was nine years old, my dream was to play in the NFL like so many other uh, football players. And, and once I got to college, it was still the same thing. I just wanted to get, get through college and, and, and get drafted by, by a team. That, that was my goal. And so I had no idea. And my senior year, I stopped going to class after the pro, start, pro scouts started to come around. The agents started to come around my senior year. And my, after my, the fall of my senior year, I stopped absolutely going to class. I was getting ready for the draft, working out and, you know, not, not knowing that education, how important education is. And I didn't, I didn't do anything to, 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 to pursue that. And I, and I dropped out, got drafted. And fortunately, I, I played eight years and knowing the, the importance of it, uh, 2011 went back and got my degree. And communication. So, <laughs> wow, that's wonderful. And it took, me, it took me a long. I went the long way around. At 52 years old, I, I, I finally graduated from college back well, to East Carolina. Well, that's okay. You, you you never gave up on it. And 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 did I hear you say East Carolina? Of course, you know when we talked about the other day. One of my good friends, Zach Valentine attended right. East Carolina, but you know, the interesting thing about that is that you did go back, and I do understand the league is trying to do some things with some players that perhaps maybe are interested in going back, but it's just never too late. I think that's what the message needs to be, because for some of the younger players that are finding themselves, or and even older guys like myself at 53 years old, you know, who find ourselves in a position that we're a little bit unsure, you just need to understand, it's okay to be unsure. Mm-hmm. You know, the best thing to do is to seek help. I know with my good friend Dave Dorson, when I woke up one day and found out that he took his life, the thing that hurt me the most is there was a lack of communication. Yeah. The fact that, you know, you know, American Idol, if you will, were now American Idols. Look at what is happening to you, to these American Idols of which the stage and the mm-hmm. platform is so big. Mm-hmm. And when they find themselves many times in a position where they don't know who they are or what they want to do in life. It's difficult for them, and, and, and I'm not sure, Alvin, your generation, because, again, you're younger th- than myself and, of course, Tony, uh, do you think things have changed for this generation of athletes? We heard about Junior. Things happen mm-hmm. with Junior. But it, are the support systems there amongst the players themselves, or is it still that, you know, keeping up with the Joneses kind of thing and you feel so bad when you maybe lose a little bit of some of that of what you had? Well, I think that as long as ball is going on, they're going to have guys that think that way. You know, it's, that's just a part of it. You know, some people let other people choose their path, and like I said, that's not right. But also, you have to look at, you know, from the time that you start playing ball, every coach that you've played for have always said, it's all about football, it's all about football, it's all about football. Well, if you're playing football and you're trained and you're hearing that, that's what your thought process is going to be. So when a guy leaves the game in that transition from playing ball to not playing ball, the lights aren't on, the people aren't cheering, I mean, that could be a big shock. That I mean, that's, that's the best way to put it. Someone that's used to, you know, all of the limelight and all of the cheers and all of, the, all of that stuff, I mean, you can't just snatch that stuff away from people and expect them to be a normal person. You know, that there needs to be, in my opinion, there needs to be programs in place two to three years before you even walk away from the game. 
Not this stuff where you got to go signing your name up and they're only taking 45 guys and then the other guys that's really wanting it, you know, can't even get that help. Yeah, so, I, uh, I do think that's a problem. Yeah. Tony, there are programs out there, but sometimes there's a cap on the programs mm-hmm. for participation. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's 45 people that can participate, but there's 145 who need the service. By the time you wait till the next year comes around, there's two people who are not longer, no mm-hmm. longer with us. Mm-hmm. You know, so, Tony, let me ask you, in our generation, you know, you can look back over the years, and I think we were a generation. I, I, Tony and I came into the league in 1981, you know, you know, a few years before that. Uh, you know, you, we're looking at the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in terms of a generation of athletes that come into a little bit more than we've ever had before, and that, you know, celebrity stage. But I, that was it was a humble beginning for me because my rookie year I made, I think, $30,000, mm-hmm. you know. And so it, it, even that, the challenge of making people think that you are this celebrity mm-hmm. making this amount of money mm-hmm. was something that we get caught up in. And Tony mm-hmm. laughing because that means that if it was happening <laughs> in Philadelphia, it was happening in New England. Yeah. Go ahead. Tell us about the way it was in New England, Tony, because it was that way in Philadelphia. And they had just, you know, lost the Super Bowl the year before. So now I got to come in and try to, you know, hang with the big fellas. And they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. So they, man, they got an extra 5000 or $10,000. Yeah. But tell us about, was it that way in New England before Let's say Bill Belichick came in because things might be different today, but we're going to talk about today as opposed to I want Tony to elaborate a little bit on what it was like in New England in 1981, you know, trying to keep up with the Joneses. (laughs) I think it was totally different, Ray, because I don't think we even had a rookie. um, uh, What they have now is they go take these rookies through this little process. We didn't have any of that. We didn't have nothing as far as what we should be doing about putting our money away, saving our money, who not to be hanging around with, what not to do, where to go. It, they just threw us out there. My, my signing bonus was $60,000. I was the happiest kid in the world and had no idea about saving money or anything like that. And so uh, I think it's a, look, a lot better now than when, when we came in in 81. But the, but, but the simple fact is is that we were thrown out there making the, as much money as we were making at that time. I mean, you know, sixty thousand dollars—that's that's like a million dollars to me. Coming from a family of sixteen, I didn't know we were poor until I went to college, and so having all that money and not knowing what to do with it—it uh, it, it, it was a process that you know, it's it's hard to just throw yourself into and, and understanding the, the 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 nature of it. But I think the the biggest thing uh, now. Is is uh, making sure these these young athletes and these young players understand how important it is in, with your career, step by step, each year working harder than than the year before, mm-hmm. and knowing that you know the average player plays three and a half years. I thought I could play football forever. Yeah, and you and I'll tell you this: he was running like he could play forever. Yeah. But you know, injuries and everything else will catch up with us after a period of time. But you know, that's interesting because you, you talk about the sixty thousand dollars, you know, and, and what it makes you feel like, you know, and and that's what happens. You know, you get the money. For me, it was sixty five hundred. That's what my signing bonus yeah. was. But to me, that was more money I ever had in my life. You know, my mother had never my my mother had never bought a check in the house of sixty five hundred dollars. So although it was a lot of money, in reality. At least for the lower round draft picks, Tony being a second round draft pick and being a running back, it was it was a lot different. So it was almost like the haves 
and the have nots. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. the have nots always try to live like the haves, mm-hmm. and 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 that, and that and that's always a problem, man. Listen, you can't live like a running back and yeah. a quarterback and a wide receiver. That's that's just a little bit different. Listen, guys, I hear a little music in the background. I think we're gonna take a break. So we're gonna take this break. I, I want you to come back. Don't go anywhere. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Got special guest with me, former New England running back Tony Collins, and of course my man Alvin McKinley, who I'm gonna say played for the Cleveland Browns, yeah. like I did. There you go. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. to the pros we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports all right we're back you hear that music you can rail the sports on the voice america network I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Tony Collins, Alvin McKinley, my two guests in the studios with me, both former NFL players, New England Patriots, Cleveland Browns. Let me ask you, Tony, anytime I have somebody on, on, on the show with me that participated up there in New England, uh, I have to ask them about the Patriot way, if you will. Josh McDaniels, of course, you know that name. Josh McDaniels was a high school uh, mm-hmm. qu- quarterback at, at my high school in Canton, Ohio. So I'm going to take a little bit of credit for that. You know, perhaps maybe I had a little <laughs> bit to do with inspiring him to become uh, affiliated with the National Football League. But there seems to be something a little special going on up there uh, with the Patriots. What, what is it that you say that you would say that the Patriots do different than anybody else? Maybe it's not. You know, it's just maybe that they win football games, you know, and other teams. There's some other dynasties that have been around, and, and I'm going to use that word loosely. But but still, they've been very successful. You can count on them being a playoffs year in, year out. 
What is it that's special about what goes on up there in New England? I think the the, the number one thing is Mr. Kraft. Um, I, I didn't have the, the, the pleasure of playing for him, but uh, I've been around him. I go up to New England uh, quite often to, to, to the games and part of the alumni up there. I got a chance to meet him a few times. The players love to play for him. And then you, when you have a coach like Belichick, who also the players love to play play for, you, you you got a dynasty. I mean, you can go ahead a minute right now. New England's always on top for the last, I don't know what, eight years maybe, something like that. I give you that. You you, you there. You get a ticket to the dance all the time. <laughs> and they're, they're going to probably go back again this year. Now, I'm not so, going to say, but somebody was throwing up some kind of scope in the, in the studio. I'm going to leave that alone, but you go ahead. <laughs> You guys, when you when you say New England Patriots now, you got to say dynasty afterwards because you know they they've been to the dance several times. Of course, you know uh, Manning has been a, a thorn in our side a couple times, but uh, it's it, it starts at the top and and that's crap and 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 it, and it trickles all the way down. You know Belichick doesn't fool around with with, with players. He'll bring in uh, talented players if they're not doing what they're supposed to do. What what happens to them? They're, they're not there that long, so he keeps the players that will fit his system. And 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 and, and Tom Brady and you know, I have a rushing record for uh, in, a, in a game up there for two hundred twelve yards in a single game. That's been there ever since nineteen eighty. I think it's eighty four. Now that wasn't against so, the Eagles. Now make sure you let them know <laughs> that no, it, was it, not it, against it, the Eagles. It, it, it was against the Jets. Thank you. I just wanted to get that clear. Now you know we played against each other, Coach. I don't want them to think it was against the Eagles. Well, what I'm saying is, as long as Brady is there, that record's going to stay there because they they throw the ball, they know mm-hmm. the system, and and they they've been having some great running backs through there. But that system is is Tom Brady, so um, that record probably be there as long as Tom. Tom Brady's there because I mean we have great running backs, but we don't. They're not. We're not gonna. We're not gonna run the ball 27, 28 times a game. That's just not gonna happen. And so, like I say, it starts with the top and, and just a, a great bunch of uh, leaders that are there and a great bunch of guys that are playing on that team. And that's the difference that what New England brings to the table right now. Well, I'm gonna switch that to Alvin a little bit because Alvin and I spent some time, you know, in the same city. You know, uh, you know, they call it the mistake, you know, on the lake, but it's not a mistake. <laughs> it's Cleveland, Ohio. You know, and I and I enjoyed my time there, and I'm sure you enjoyed your time there. Oh, yeah. But but like he said, it starts at the top, and and there's some things going on with the organization with the Browns now. It may be a change of ownership again. It probably has already happened. I understand the guy who's uh you know uh, associated with the Philadelphia Eagles. He may be or Joe Banner may be a part of a group of people that are trying to purchase that team but you know when you go home do you feel like you home see i think i think a lot has to do with former players feeling somewhat uncomfortable ostracized if you will going back to what's supposed to be your home and there's no welcome for you 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 know it's like who are you and what are you doing here and what do you want from us have you had a chance to revisit cleveland since you've been gone as as a player And, and if you have did you feel like you were at home well, I hadn't had an opportunity to go back down there um, since I stopped playing. But there are players that I played with that still works inside of the organization, and they always are telling me the things that's going on, the changes that's, a, that's being made around there. And, you know, I feel that if I went back there, I wouldn't expect anything from the crowd. You know, because I well, know not the crowd so much as the team. Well, the te- I, you know, that's what I'm looking at. I, I'm looking at the administration because, I, you know, there's this thing where players – are almost like 
young kids, if you will. You know how we all have children, and there's a generation of kids now that we think they have a sense of entitlement. And I think that the average fan looks at players as if they feel as if they're entitled to things when they go back and visit teams. And I'm saying that is a family. Mm. And so, Mm -hmm. no, I don't expect a paycheck. You know, no, I don't expect, you know, a lot of free stuff. But I do... I, I want to feel the love. Oh, yeah. You know, once I acknowledge that I'm a former player, no, maybe you maybe you weren't even born when I was playing. But once I acknowledge I was number 24 and I'm a member of this fraternity, I think I'm supposed to get a, a special kind of treatment. Oh, yeah. You oh, know, yeah. that's different than perhaps every somebody who's not a part of that team. And, and, I, and, and, and it sounds like Tony's saying that's what happens when you go to New England. Okay. I, I'm trying to find out if that's happening in Cleveland from your experience. Well, I had, like I said, I hadn't had a chance to go back, but I'm quite sure if I went back, they'll welcome me with their arms wide open. Yeah, and, I, and, and, and Tony, you, do you think that's unique in New England, uh, that Mr. Kraft makes everybody feel like that? Or, or do you think that's what's happening throughout the league? Well, I mean, I can't, I can't speak for any other teams, but you know, but New England. But it's definitely there in New England. Uh, they're, they're, they always welcome, welcome us with open arms. Uh, as alum, alumni player, every time we go back up there, man, they're trying to do things for us. And, uh, it's just a great atmosphere. I mean, that's why I, I go back. And so, uh, yeah, it, I, it's, it's, it makes a difference as a, as a former player. Knowing that, man, I can go back to New England anytime I want to, go catch a game and, 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 and feel that love, man. Because you know as well as I do, Ray, the biggest thing that we miss from the game is the camaraderie. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's what we miss the most. It's not the money. It's not the fame. It's not the, not the cheers. I, I miss the camaraderie the most, and I get that every time I go back to New England. Yeah, it, it's, it's something that is just hard for the average person out there to understand. You know, there are, there are many things that a professional athlete is faced with in life that's very similar to what the person that walks down the street that you don't even know. Mm-hmm. You know, we all are faced with some of the same things and have to deal with some of the same issues. But what does separate, I think, professional athletes and people in the world of entertainment from the everyday person is the everyday person doesn't experience the lifestyle and the life that we experience. And when that life is taken away from you, that adjustment is just extremely difficult. But I, I do like the fact that I think the league understands. Mm. You know, it's, it's like, you, you know, you just you, you build this thing up and then you tear it down and you throw it out there to deal with life. Because for a lot of players, I know what happened to me. I drove my car to work one day and then in less than, as one person put it to me, in a minute, I was driving out the door. It was over <laughs> with. You know, it wasn't that I was injured. It wasn't, you know, you didn't see it coming. It was just. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I'm gone, you know. But uh, thank God I went right to my office. But listen, guys, I, I want to change the subject a little bit. Talk about a few other things. First of all, you know, we you, there was a, a moment of silence early on, and 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 I neglected to say that that moment of silence really was for two members of the fraternity, because Orlando Brown, you know, the big fella who everybody always remembers. I think the ref threw the flag and he kind of hit him in the eye. You know, right. pe- people remember that. And and then, of course, uh, you know, the young fella for the Tennessee Titans, you know, who, who also uh, O.J. Murdoch, uh, who, who took his life, you know. And, that, and that's that we don't know about Orlando as of yet. And I'm going to speculate that's some health issues. Uh, a real big fella. And 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 but the other young fella, I think that's maybe has something to do with just the adjustments to the real world. And it happens. It's going to happen at at some point in time for everybody. Different people transition at different times. So so that was a moment of silence for two members uh, of the fraternity. And, and I wanted to acknowledge that. But but let me let me just change the subject, if I will, a little bit. 
And and I want to show a little bit of love if we can, because it appears that the rest of the media is not doing that. And and the Olympic basketball team, I'm not talking about the men's. I'm talking about the women. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about the women. And, they, man, I'm telling you, we, we got some girls on the court that got game. I mean, got real game, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm 53. I, I thought I could play when I was young. I used to tell everybody, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I wasn't tall enough. And this, you know, Spud Webb came out of nowhere. So then what I'm going to say then at 6'1", he like 5'6", you know. Uh, the reality is I, I just wasn't good enough. But girls got game now. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and we as the media, because everybody's, we're all about to be a part of this. They're not getting the kind of support they, they believe they're entitled to, particularly at the Olympics. Now, the NBC decided what the broadcast schedule was going to be. Mm. They could very well have shown more women's basketball, and they're not. They're not, they're not giving the attention to the women's basketball. Now, I think that it's entertainment. For some people, it's employment, but the employment still is a form of entertainment. In, in your mind, Alvin, do you have to force? I mean, is, it, is this a thing where as there's an unjust system in place where women aren't getting their equal share as men? Or is it because it's entertainment, my disposable income, it's up to me to choose how I'm going to spend my disposable income? I just think right now with the way the, the basketball is set up, you know, with the guys like LeBron and Durant and Wade and all of those guys like that, to where you, 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 you kind of push women to the side. You know, that's not right, you know, but, you know, that's just the way people are geared. You, you hear about the Olympics in basketball, you're going to think about the men. You know, true enough, the, the girls are doing excellent, but, you know, you don't hear about them because everybody's so wondering what the guys are going to do. Is that, and, and, Tony, in your mind, is, is that... Is is that uh, just a male-dominated sport of which everybody loves the way the men play the game, or is that an injustice to women because they're not getting their equal time and, and exposure to the game? I mean, I have to agree with uh, with Alvin, but at the same time, the women are getting the, the the exposure that they need. But you know, everybody wants to see the. Le- see LeBron slam dunk. Everybody wants to see Kobe. Everybody wants to see Durant do his thing. And and he, he, that's just how, just how it is. I was up last night about 2.30 in the morning watching uh, the swimmers, watching this young, this young teenager, 17 years old. I think her name is Carrie Walton. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure about her last name. Win a gold medal. And, mm. and it was just a fabulous time seeing that, seeing her family crying in the stands, seeing her crying as she as she received her gold medal. I mean, that's that was exciting for me. But it's it's not like that for the for for society. Mm-hmm. It's it's the men. It's seeing the men slam dunk. Mm-hmm. It's seeing the men do this, and the men are supposed to win. I think the the women won their first game with what by by forty points. Forty. Yes. I mean, yeah. They they crushed the team they played. So I I have to agree with Alvin. It's just how society is. Is that. You know, they want to see uh, Kobe. They w- they want to see LeBron. So w- what are you going to do? Yeah, and, and, and it's interesting because I, I think they're, they're, they're trying to make it into um, a discrimination type of thing, whereas women are being discriminated against. And I really don't think that's no, it. I you know, because so. I, I will say this. If I'm watching women's track and I'm watching a 400 or 200 or 100 or, 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 or you know, the relay, I'm just – as much as intense in watching that as I am when I'm watching the men. Mm-hmm. Because it's one of those things where I, I think the performance of the athletes is very similar. Now, the time is just a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. 
but it's still fast and it looks good. And I and I think that's what it is. I think there's elements of the game of which if the women could equally perform them like the men, if they could throw it down all the time, mm-hmm. if they could bring that level of, you know, it's, it's not just two points. You know, a, a jump yeah. shot is not just it, it is two exactly. points, but, you know, a three pointer is better. But but a slam dunk to me. It just does something to, you know, excite the crowd, and it's much more than just two points. But mm-hmm. some people feel a little bit different than that. Yeah. But, uh, you but, know. But, but, you know, Ray, Ray, we understand that because we understand what goes behind the scenes, the, the working out and getting prepared. These, these, these athletes are preparing for four years for, for, for this moment. You know, and we understand that, at, you know, during the off season, how we work hard during the off season, preparing, getting ready for the season. Uh, uh, there was a quote I think I read, and, and I and I stuck with it. Your best off season is your best season, and so we understand what they go through uh, for four years, getting prepared for this one event. Mm-hmm. You know, one shot, one chance. It, it's it's their Super Bowl. You know, it's their Super Bowl that they're preparing for. And I, I agree with you. I, I know, looking back on my career, there's no doubt about it. You know, I, I was, I, but I was just like one of those guys who was always working out. But you do, you can look at it and you can measure and you'll know what a person's doing in the offseason. It'll show up when it's time, you know, mm-hmm. to play ball. Oh, so listen, we're going to take a break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Alvin McKinley, Tony Collins on the air with me. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports you may not know all their names but you certainly know what they did they helped make this game into what it is today now we can do more to help them the nfl alumni association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow to learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum, or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right. 
we're back. You hear that music. You know the show. You listen to Rail and Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I believe my man, Tony Collins. Tony, what, what part of the country are you? You're on the East Coast, am I correct? Absolutely. I'm in Greenville, North Carolina, home of ECU, the Pirates. You know, you know that. You know the Pirates. Yeah, right? there you go, man. There you go. Well, listen, I just want the world to know that that we all over the world, we all over the place, but you know, we bring the show to them, and I appreciate you being with us today. And of course, I also got in the studio with me Alvin McKinley. Just got breaking news, uh, man. Michael Phelps did it. You know, he got that 19th uh, uh, gold medal, and uh, that. Uh, allows him to break a record, you know, and Mark Spitz just said it the other day, uh, Mark said he would be happy uh, to see this young man get that 19th gold medal because he indeed has been good for the sport and it keeps the interest up and, and people wanting to watch. Uh, I remember watching Mercury Morris and, and Mercury Morris was uh, a little concerned about a team uh, in the Northeast now, perhaps maybe he had a chance to, you know, go undefeated during the regular season and maybe win a Super Bowl and be undefeated and have more victories total in a season and win a Super Bowl than the Miami Dolphins had. And he wasn't really happy about that. <laughs> now, 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 Tony, let me just ask you in your opinion. You know, records are made to be broken. Mark Spitz sit there and he was encouraging this young man to break his record. And you got another guy like Mercury Morris, who, who, who I, man, I love Mercury Morris when I was a kid growing up. But Mercury didn't want the spotlight off of his team. What's your opinion about that? Would you support a guy or would you be on the other side of the fence if your record was in jeopardy? Like you talked about that rushing record. If somebody was about to break it, would you be there to encourage them or would you be like, man, hold on, <laughs> you know, take him out of the game. He's going he gonna to get hurt. Ain't no reason for him to be in the game now. <laughs> Come on, Tony, keep it real. Tell us the truth now. Mercury, Mercury needs to sit down somewhere, man. <laughs> he needs to sit down somewhere. Records are meant to be broken, just like my record up in New England. I I, I would love somebody to break that record, because you know why? My record's been there since 1984. I mean, that's that's a pretty long time. Yeah, it is. So it's the same way with the Dolphins. I, I was I was hoping this year that the Packers broke the record. It don't matter to me who breaks the record. I hope somebody, and, and you know, it's tough because teams are, are very equally now because of, uh, you know, a free agency, and so... You know, back back in the day when Mercury and those guys were playing, they didn't have all that. I mean, they had a great team, um, of course. And you know, you got to give them their props. And being perfect, uh, that's something that never happens hardly at all. You know, I, I played football for I don't know how many years since since Pop Warner. I was on one perfect team. That was my high school senior team. That was the only perfect team I've been on. And so. Yeah, man, records are needed to be broken, and Mercury needs to sit out somewhere. Yeah, I'll I tell you what, uh, to me, I, I agree with you. I, I do like the fact that, okay, if I can get one, let me get one, because I was just a record holder at one time. But the fact that somebody else came along and, and broke that, that, that wouldn't really bother me that much, you know. But it certainly is good for Mercury, because Mercury always steps up, you know, <laughs> gives him a little media time, you know, brings, yeah, you know, yeah. flashes back on yeah. his career, you know, keeps him relevant, yeah. you know. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, he, yeah. He, he should be relevant, because he was a hell of a ball player. And I'm sure you remember, you know, when he took the field, Tony, he was doing his thing back in the day. Oh, Mercury was a bad boy, man. I I, I, I love watching him play, love watching him uh, coming out of the backfield, catching that ball and, and doing his thing. So no doubt, uh, a great player, but he still needs to sit down somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, listen, Tony, I, I you know, I know uh, you're going to have to go. This is going to be the last segment of which uh, you're going to be with us. Uh, I just want to talk a little bit, if you can, about New England football. And, and and what can we expect, and what do you guys expect about you know from the team this year in terms of uh, 
you know, the regular season, and, of course, everybody's shooting to the playoffs. That's all you want to do is get to the playoffs. And from there, of course, the expectation changes. But, you know, you want to win your division. You want to get into the playoffs. You know, you want to win the conference. You want to get to the Super Bowl. You want to win it. But, you know, what are some of the things internally which you guys might talk about or think about or the expectations of the team this year? I think we did very well in the draft. We, we went defensively, and, 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 and that's what we need as far as up there right now, uh, Stop stopping uh, teams from scoring as much. Uh, we, 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 if we stay healthy like we should, you know, again, when you say New England, you're thinking dynasty. So I, I, I see us back in the playoffs for sure. And, and who knows? I, I'm, I'm looking for us to, to go undefeated this year again and then win it all. And then so, so you know, I, I think, again, the way Kraft is doing their thing and Belichick is doing this thing, uh, we're, we're very excited about the, the future of New England Patriots for this year. Well, you, you mentioned something to me that uh, I'm not sure if, if New England or anybody can, can change that. And you, you talked about scoring. I, I just think it's a new game in the National Football League nowadays. And, and the expectations is that the defense will, will not be as successful in, in holding teams to uh, the amount of points that we always shot for back in the day. I think it might have been 17, you know. But do, do you really think that New England can be as effective on the defensive side of the ball as perhaps maybe they hope to be uh, by preventing scoring? Or has the game just changed so much that, you know, the scoreboard is going to get lit up every game? Because I believe that's the NFL that they're looking for. Well, I mean, of course, everybody wants to see a lot of scoring, and and and, that was, and that's how it is. But you know, last year, I think New England probably had one of the worst de- worst defense in the league, and still made it to the Super Bowl. Yes. And so, and you know, as well as I do, Ray, defense wins championships. But it's it's changing. Uh, it's changing slowly. It's changing. And so, I think with what 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 we've done with the draft and picking up a few players on the defensive side. Uh, it, it's just building, building a strong defense, and 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 we're you know we we know we're going to score points. So if we can stop a few teams, man, it, it's it's going to be exciting for us this year. I'm I'm going to uh, turn to my man uh, Alvin, and I'm going to ask you, Alvin. You know, you are you know a couple generations away from Tony and I. Uh, when you look at the football game today. You know, you've been out of the league a couple years now yourself, you know. Do you do you see the game has changed? And, and, and if you remember when you were a kid, you know, you see a change since you've left the game. Do you see it change even from when you were a kid? Or do when you look at the game, it still looks like the same football game to you? Certain aspects of it still look the same, but a lot of it has changed. To me, I feel that the NFL now is going to be, it's a, it's a little bit watered down. You know, with a lot of those calls that's being called on the quarterbacks, you know, true enough, some of those hits are vicious. If you lead with your head, I feel you should get a 15-yard uh, personal foul um, flag and then also be fined. But, you know, the state of the game, like I said, is it's, it's not – they're not throwing out the – they're not throwing out all of the, the rules and stuff to be the same, in my opinion. In some, some instances, you look at a guy like James Harrison. Anytime he made contact with a, run, a running back or receiver or anybody, they're going to look to find him. Because that's just in his nature. But you, you, you look at a guy that, you know, might get by with hitting somebody late or, or leading with his head and it, and it never gets called. So I feel that if you're going to do it, be consistent with it, you know, because it's, it's for everybody's safety. Well, I, I'll tell you what. I, I know that 
You know, like Tony talked about, Tony could look at the game. There's no doubt about it. He can look at the game and see that the game changed. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a man who who's telling he ran for 200 some yards in a game. But that was the that's the kind of football. You know, we, we believe that you could you could win games if you can control the clock. You know, you can control, you know, yard markers, mm-hmm. you know, hold on to the ball. You know, and you can win football games, you know, but 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 nowadays it, it's a passing game. You, oh, yeah. you, 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 nobody's going to get the amount of rushes that mm-hmm. they used to get back in the day. Uh, Tony, I'm curious, how many rushes did it take you to get that two plus on the field? Twenty three. Twenty three. Now, now that now that's OK. Somebody might get twenty three today, you know, yeah. but that was a, a hell of a game. There must be a couple nice long runs in those twenty three carries. Yeah, it was a, it was a few it was a few of them. Yeah, see, <laughs> see that's what, but it's a, but it's it's a different football game. Yeah. So what happens is there there's some people who could pattern their game like me. I pattern my game after Jack Tatum, and there was and, and even my good friend Dave Dorison who's left us, God bless his soul. You know, I told Dave, I said, you know, Dave, the reality of the of the fact is that you and I have to take some responsibility into what this game has become. Because there are people who aspire to be what we were, so they're trying to pattern their game after you. Mm-hmm. And so it could be some guys who might have patterned their game after other guys that you, you don't play football like that anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, because <laughs> I'm going to tell you, some of the wide receivers that are playing football now, Andre Johnson, come on, Tony, what was he playing when me and you played? You know, you got somebody like Andre down there, you know, Andre the Giant, I'm going to call him, you know, just yeah. a man child. <laughs> you know, you don't have a, you never had a wide receiver that big, that strong. You know, on and, that, and that fast, and that fast. <laughs> you know, that must have been. That, I'm gonna tell you what. That, I'm gonna tell you what he was playing. He's playing linebacker. Yeah. <laughs> because that's what that was. Lawrence Taylor, of my rookie year and Tony's rookie year, who was a gunner on the punt team. Wow. I got pictures lining up trying to jam him up. Wow. I, I missed him. <laughs> you know, I don't even know if I was trying to hit him. You know, I don't know if I was trying to jam him. Lawrence was crazy always. <laughs> you know, you're just trying to get out the way. But but that it's just a different football game than it used to be. But Tony, listen, man, we, we got a couple seconds left here before we go to break. I know this is last segment, man. Anything you want to just throw out there, man, in terms about what you're doing, where you're going to be at, where somebody might find you. We know you're going to be on Voice America Sports real soon, but what else you got going on down there on the, on, on the East Coast? Motivational speaker, Ray, trying to uh, inspire as many youth, as many people that want to hear me. Um, just doing that, have, my, have a foundation. Just had a great turnout at, at one of my fourth annual Celebrity Golf Classic up in up, upstate New York. Uh, had a lot of great players come in, Doug Flutie, Irvin Fryer, Steve Grogan, you know, going back to the old school again. But uh, just doing that, man, and, and, and trying to help as many peace, people possible. You know, the thing is, I used to always think my purpose was to play football, but my purpose is to help people. Just like you're doing, Ray, we're, we're all about helping, and, and that's what I'm all about, helping people. Well, I certainly appreciate that, and you will be helping me, and I hope that I can help you a little bit here at Voice America Sports. But there's one other thing you got going on. Something about, is that East Carolina football? You doing something down there? Yeah, you know, we, we do a show every every uh, Tuesday, which is the night. I do a show and, and uh, talk about East Carolina a little bit. Um, uh, we're looking forward to a, a winning season this year. We, we, we've been slacking for the last couple of years, but we got a great head coach in Ruffin McNeil, and uh, look, at, it's really excited, and you know, to see see what's going to happen this this upcoming season. Well, I hope that you can bring some of that information to Voice America Sports because we certainly would be interested in hearing about that. So, Tony, listen, man, God bless you, man. I saw some of those pictures out there on Facebook. You got a beautiful family, and I'm happy for you. You went back and got it done. No excuses. 
great motivation for a lot of people, man. So take care of yourself. We be, I will be in touch. And, of course, Voice America Sports is looking forward to having you here on the network. God bless you, Ray. God okay. bless you too, Alvin. All right, you too, man. Okay, now I'm not sure. Do I have to take another break? Yeah, I do. There it goes. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Tony's gone, but Alvin and I will be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spies are especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, you hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Tony Collins is gone, of course, and, and that's what that's what Tony used to do in the day. You would see him, the next thing you know, he'd be gone. <laughs> Six, it's over with, but I uh, appreciate my man stopping by. He will be back with us here on the Voice America Network, uh, bringing a perspective, his perspective, uh, mostly about, of course, that team up there in the northeast part of the country, the New England Patriots. And, and Tony threw it out there. It's, one person did that for the Eagles last year, and it, it haunted them. So Tony said they're going undefeated. So I'm going to throw that out there. The Patriots going undefeated, and they're going to win the Super Bowl. Now, they got to deal with that kind of pressure. The Eagles had to deal with the Dream Team. So I'm going to throw that pressure. Tony Collins said that the Patriots are going undefeated. They're going to win the Super Bowl. You know, and of course, the owner here at Voice America, Jeff Spinard, might agree with that. But the boss is always right. Let me just stop right there. <laughs> no, but I'm having a lot of fun. I'm in the studio. Me and, me and Alvin. And, and Alvin, let me just say, I love that last name, McKinley. I went to Canton McKinley. High yeah, school in yeah. Canton, Ohio, right there. The Pro Football Hall of Fame is on our high school campus. And so I, I, I certainly will always remember that name. I already know that name, but I, I, it's a special kind of affinity that I have for that name, McKinley. But, you know, we, we, we left by, you know, talking about, you know, East Carolina and, and, and what's going on, man. And, and I, I always want the guys to talk a little bit about the universities to help, you know, get their career started. You know, it starts in high school, you know, but that, 
college experience is 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 a pretty special one. And and what's happening nowadays with Mississippi State? I mean, can we count on them to win the, the conference? Or, you know, what's going on now? Well, I'm it's not. It's been gonna, a while. Has it been a while? It's been a while since we you know made some noise. Was Michael Haddix, Mississippi. State? Michael Haddix is a Mississippi State boy. Yeah, yeah. Michael yeah. and I were teammates okay. with the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. Yeah, first round draft pick, yeah. running back. Yeah, yeah. 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 Michael Haddix. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. So, uh, so, so, talk to me. I, I, the program uh, is, you know, has ups and downs, but still, expectations is always. I don't care who you are, is to win the conference. Oh yeah. You, you've been following them a little bit. Is there a chance they're feeling good about the program? Or you know, some guys go in at the start of the season knowing, man, we ain't gonna win nothing yeah. this year, man. Yeah, <laughs> you <guess>. know, <laughs> you know. So, so, what do you think the attitude is is down there in, in Mississippi? Well, when I called back and talked to people, you know, they said they had a great recruiting class, and you know, with the guys that they had returning, you know, it should be something special. You know, you got Dan Mullen down there, and all of those coaches that understands what it takes to win. So all they have to do now is get these kids on the same page, get them to buy into the system and go win some games. But it's it's always going to be a little bit tough being that we're in the same division with Alabama, you know, Auburn and all of those guys, you know, but, hey, it's time to do it now. now I believe that's what they call SEC football. Is oh, that, yeah. is, is that oh, yeah. right? You know, because I'm from where real football's played. That's the Big Ten. <laughs> nah, but, 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 but SEC football. Now, now tell me a little bit about that, see, because okay. like I said, football changes. Okay. You know, they they talk about speed and, and things of that nature. But in terms of SEC football, now mm-hmm. you 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 played in the conference. Mm-hmm. You played against you know all those other good teams mm-hmm. in the SEC. When you step out the division, and even when you step into the league. Did you see anything different or unique about when you looked at how you guys play football and and the teams you played against, and then when you got to the league and you saw some other guys from some other conferences oh, yeah. and and how they play football? Was there a difference? Oh yeah, it's a big difference. You okay. know, it, come on with it now. Cause it's, it's, <laughs> it's so many different conferences, you know. So different conferences are going to recruit from different areas. So if you're a conference and you're recruiting from this area, you're only going to get a certain type of player. Mm. Well, down south, they're going to recruit Mississippi, Georgia, Tennessee, and Texas. Some there's two kind of country boards. It's the black country board and it's the white country board. They're both big and country. Yeah. But but what's the difference in them? Is one of them the big country board, the white guy most times the offensive tackle, the country board, the black guy is the defensive line. Is, is, that, is that about right? Well, you can look at it like that. Yeah, you know, I mean, you and let's it keep like it real. That. Now, we're going to yeah. keep it real because yeah. <laughs> when I look at the SEC, you know, you got the big country brothers over there mm-hmm. playing defensive line. Mm-hmm. And again, they like wide receivers. Yeah. You can't get around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I, you know, somebody came in, Ohio State played somebody, and, you know, and it's just, it, we couldn't get around the corner. Yeah. Troy Smith won the Heisman, you know, in the Big Ten, he get around the corner. Yeah. He came and played against somebody. Yeah, and yeah. Can't get around the corner. <laughs> that's, that's that speed factor. Yeah, you, man. you know, okay. But, but, but see, when you look at certain positions, mm-hmm. you're, you're right. There, mm-hmm. there, there is a speed factor. And mm-hmm. that's what it is. You know, of course, you know, uh, you know, there's a guy from the SEC who was really in his heart. And his blood, and was raised as a Buckeye. I'm gonna say Urban Meyer okay. is now with the Ohio State University. Okay. And you know he's gonna go up there, and you know, and, and he's gonna try to implement that kind of football. But Ohio State, we we haven't done bad. You know, we we, we you know we we got our national championships. We got we're represented in the league. Mm-hmm. But in, but in terms of is is it more physical in the SEC or is it just, is it the speed factor in the SEC? It's, it's a it's a combination of both because you got to look in look at it like this. Week in and week out, you're not playing no slaps. Mm-hmm. Every week you're playing, you're lining up against somebody that could easily be playing for the national championship, with the exception of Vanderbilt and Ole Miss, you know. But for the most part, everybody that you line up and play against, 
can, can line up and play in a national championship. Well, so, you say that, but there's only been a couple who have been playing for that national championship, but that's LSU and Alabama. Okay. Everybody else been kind of like, you know, watching. It's well, like we used to be the, <laughs> the big two and a little eight in the big ten. Okay. And I think they had a little bit of that going on in the SEC. Well, it was, it was, it was Alabama. Mm-hmm. And LSU. Now, I think Auburn snuck in there when Cam came in and mm-hmm. snuck in there and did something. Mm-hmm. But other than that, yeah. everybody else was kind of bystanders now. Come on. But you got to. You, you, but we, the talent is good. I know what you're saying. The, the, talent, the talent is there. But what you have to look at also is the number of bowl games yeah. for the remainder. Yeah, you teams. can't. What happens yeah. is it, it, it's very similar to what used to happen with Ohio State and Michigan. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, both of them probably could be national contenders, mm-hmm. but it's not going to happen because it's the Ohio State-Michigan game at the end of the season. Exactly. And so what happens in the SEC is, listen, you know, the biggest problem is your your conference. Exactly. You can't go undefeated because you're going to lose a game or two, yeah. you know, in the conference, mm-hmm. you know. So, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm really just messing with you. It's great football oh, down yeah. there, oh, you yeah. know. Oh, I, yeah. I don't care if you're black, white, green, or purple mm-hmm. in the SEC. Them young men playing some football, oh, and, yeah. and they contribute a lot to the National Football League. And even so much so that, listen, it, it, it's a conference where, okay, let's go here to get prepared. If you think you could play the next level, you if go. you think you play big boy ball, you go. go to an SEC school. You're you think right. you can play big boy ball, go to Ohio State. You know, and and you see what happened. You know, you make the team, you get on the field, you make some play. But if when the other big boys come to town and you get shut down, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know you're not ready. You know yeah. you're not ready. So so listen, let me just throw something out here, only because again, college athlete, young mm-hmm. ball player, just not been out the league much. When you, when you heard the stuff at Penn State, did that did that did that trouble you? Did you did you hear? You couldn't help but hear about it. Yeah. Did you think about it because you work with young men now mm-hmm. over at Mesa, Mesa Community College. Correct. And 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 so you 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 have kind of a separate position because you're an overseer, and mm-hmm. these parents have turned their children over t- to you and mm-hmm. to the to the staff there at the, at the university. You guys have an obligation mm-hmm. to treat them like they're your own. Mm-hmm. Did that bother you when you heard that? It, it really did bother me, you know, because I'm looking at the fact that all the other great coaches that are out there now people. And are we got start. thirty seconds. I'm sorry, but you got to wrap oh, that up. I'll well, put, a yeah, lot right. of people are going to look at the rest of the coaches that's actually doing great jobs yeah. and try to make them be a. Uh, paternal and I ne- you know I never thought about yeah. that. That 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 that's a cloud now yeah. over coaches. Exactly. And so when you show up as a coach, people are, are wondering if exactly. he, oh, see? Yeah. That never came to mind. Yeah. I'm thinking program, mm-hmm. not coaches. Exactly. So I'm thinking it's that program and people aren't broad brushing the entire sport. Mm-hmm. But you're shedding a different light on it. So so mm-hmm. all those great coaches out there that have been doing great things, God bless you. Continue to be the leaders and, and, and the shepherds for, for young men that you've been and those that, and, and the women's sports too. You know, it's not everybody. Everybody's not a monster, but there's a couple of them out there and please beware. I want to thank my, my friends because that's what we are. We're friends. Tony Collins, man, great running back for the New England Patriots back in the day. Man, Tony's still doing good things. Appreciate you, Tony. And Alvin McKinley, of course, Alvin, man, Alvin, another Cleveland Brown. So you know I had a great day today in the studio with him. Alvin, too, will be here in the studios at Voice America on the Voice America Sports Channel. So be sure to take a listen to him. And we're going to wish the, the, the Mesa, Mesa Thunderbirds Mesa Thunderbirds, good luck in this season. You've been listening to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And I'll see you next time, which will be the best time.